Welcome to Highly Questionable. I figure if I stop updating you on where Dan is, he won't come back. This is his father, Gonzalo Levitard. We've got Dominique Foxworth. We've got Mike Golick Jr. Gojo, what do you like on the show today? We're actually going to witness the meanest, most cruel thing I've ever seen in a football field, and no one gets hit. Hmm, it's possible you did it? No? Let's do this, Bobby. Is it more appropriate to praise the Cowboys or blast the Eagles? Well, this certainly seemed like a failure by the Eagles after their coach, Doug Peterson, came into the week on his radio show saying, we're going to go into Dallas and we're going to win that game. And they lose 37-10. to 10. And they looked horrible doing it. And they gave up 20 points in the first half for the sixth time this season. You can praise the Cowboys all you want, but if you look at the Eagles and what they had in front of them, this seemed like a game they should have won. The Cowboys wins to this point weren't that impressive. You beat a division opponent by 27 points, Dominique. It says something, no? Yeah, I mean, I'm impressed by the Cowboys, more specifically as the Cowboys' defense. I've been kind of steady in my analysis of their offense, in particular their quarterback, the whole time. When people were saying that he was playing like a future Hall of Famer, I said, calm it down a little bit, and then people turned their back on him, and I say, hey, cool it. The fact of the matter is, they were playing with one of the worst field position disadvantages, frankly, of any team in the league. They've been able to move the ball. They're one of the best teams in the league in eliminating three outs and moving the ball, but they start so far backed up because their defense has been so bad for the past three weeks. That's the reason for their losses more so than it's their offense and aptitude. So this week, the defense stepped up and look what we get. We get an offense that looks fantastic. So this is an interconnected game and this team is probably more reliant on their defense than anybody else. Yeah, pressuring the Eagles quarterback, meaning Carson Wentz, on 35% of his dropbacks is a pretty good way to help out your offense. And so was just getting healthy, though. Like, you could have looked at the active and inactive list to start this game and kind of known what the deal was going to be. You get both tackles back. Also, you get Amari Cooper healthy in this situation. Plenty of weaponry around Dak Prescott. And on the other side, for the Eagles, you look, no Jason Peters, no Avante Maddox, still no Deshaun Jackson, a litany of other injuries that rendered this roster kind of like what happens to most teams. Regardless of who's playing quarterbacks, if you don't have the bodies around them, they're going to rise or fall to that. And we see the Eagles falling more often than not lately. Yeah, but we seem to be fairly critical of quarterbacks regardless of who is around them saying, hey, we need to elevate you, need to elevate your team. We've asked that of Dak Prescott. We need to start asking that of Carson Wentz because in Dallas yesterday, he did nothing to help elevate that team. Yeah, I hate to see players do poorly, but I have to admit, I enjoyed that because last week I was telling everybody about how good Dak Prescott is compared to Carson Wentz. And it seems that the major criticism of Dak Prescott is when things aren't perfect around him, he can't elevate his team. Where's that same criticism of Carson Wentz? Things are not perfect around him. They weren't last night, at least, and he was not able to elevate his team. There. There's the criticism. Do you know what that wins means for Jason Garrett? What's that? Ten more years. <laughs> ten more <laughs> ten years. More, yeah. He'll settle for one more week right about now. But ten more years? Eh, maybe. Who deserves more credit for Green Bay's offensive explosion, Aaron Rodgers or Matt LeFleur? Well, we've been waiting all season for this offense to actually happen, and we saw, man, we saw prime Aaron Rodgers yesterday. He threw for 25 of 31. That's 80.6% completion, 429 yards, a perfect quarterback rating. I'm not sure if it was the running game all season long that set this up or if it was just Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers when all of his receivers weren't really healthy. But this is the type of game, Dominic, that we expect to see from this team, no? 
Yeah, I mean, six touchdowns. I think that they both deserve some credit, Rodgers and LaFleur, but you got to give most of the credit between the two of them to Aaron Rodgers because there is no offense that provides that much offense. You have to be a great player, in particular, when you don't have the talent you want around them. But I hate to be a defensive apologist guy, but the truth is this team is as good as they are, and they played as well as they did yesterday, and their record is as strong as it is because of their improvements on defense. They take the pressure off of Rodgers. He's not always playing from behind. He's never in a position where he has to press, and that allows him to be great when when he picks his spot, he doesn't have to be great all the time. No, you're probably right, Dominique. The defense does deserve a lot of credit, and this front office deserves a lot of credit for the moves it made to acquire so much defensive talent. I, I always had coaches say, you lead from the front, and I'll worry about bringing up the back, and I think Aaron Rodgers has done a good job of that. He is the consistent force, no question about it. We expect him to be this kind of great, and so when you're down Devontae Adams and a number of your top receiving options, you count on the coach and some of the scheme to be able to help out these guys that may be lesser players, but you wouldn't be able to tell based on the gaudy numbers they put off offensively, so I'm willing to give some level of credit to Matt LaFleur for helping bring up the rest of the pack. I think what that defense did is it essentially quieted the conversation of, oh, are Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur getting along? Will this offense finally get it together? The defense just basically held its ground for five or six weeks, and now we're seeing the offense seemingly come together. We might find out it just was a stinky team that they were playing against, but given Aaron Rodgers' track record, I do believe this is something he can give you more of this season. Watching Aaron Rodgers yesterday was the best day of Dan Honeymoon. I mean, absolutely. The sparks must have been brighter than ever. Never more excitement than yesterday while he was watching that. Sorry, Val. Mm. Does Lamar Jackson deserve MVP consideration after beating Russell Wilson? I mean, if you're asking me, absolutely. You don't just go into Seattle and win 30-16 to 16 and have that type of performance from Lamar Jackson and not say, hey, this guy is really valuable to his team. Never mind that people might be concerned, oh, he had to run a lot. Okay, he didn't have all his receiving talent with him. And if you are a quarterback that can, he's on pace to run for 1,300 yards this season. If you are a quarterback that can do that, then go ahead and do that. When you have Lamar Jackson in third and long and you feel ridiculously confident because you know he can get that, whether it's with his arm or his legs, then you have a very valuable person at that quarterback position. I watched that game and thought Lamar Jackson is getting even better, not because he's running the ball more, just because he's using whatever options are available to him, Don. Right, and I think that he is very valuable, and his teammates kind of failed him a bit yesterday. We saw a lot of drop passes. The defense stepped up in a way that they haven't in most of the season, but Lamar Jackson is the key to that team. You look at how, how well they did in the previous years with Joe Flacco with much better defenses, and it is not in the same conversation. He is the most valuable player on that team. You can argue he's the most valuable in the league, and who cares how he does it? I think you could argue that it may shorten his career, but I'd rather have eight to ten, maybe even five years of Lamar at his peak being one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league than to have 15 years of mediocre Lamar trying to force him to be somebody he's not. Do what makes you special until the rest of that stuff catches up. We all believe that there's still a chance Lamar can develop into a potent downfield passer when all things are considered. But you've got something truly special right now. Lamar Jackson is the sixth leading rusher in the NFL right now. Like the whole non-quarterback NFL. Through 14 games starting as an NFL player, he has more rushing yards than six Hall of Fame running backs do since the merger. So what this guy is doing, to Izzy's point, is something that very few people can do. And it takes those third and obvious situations where everyone thinks it's passed and turns them into all third and manageable. 
do we need to start taking Jacoby Brissett and the Colts seriously? Well, they're four and two now, and they still don't have Andrew Luck, and they just beat the Houston Texans. And it seems like, yeah, it seems like Frank Reich told us before the season Jacoby Brissett was a top twenty quarterback. It felt like what he was really saying was, all we need is a top twenty quarterback because we have all these other pieces around him that are going to do just fine. And when we look at them in that division, it sure seems like they're a team that should be reckoned with. Yeah, that division isn't very strong, and they just beat what we thought was the best team in that division. So we absolutely should take them seriously. But I also want to throw this out there. I think we all accept that this team built around Brissett is really talented, but Jacoby Brissett has been really impressive considering that he's still a young quarterback. He hasn't had 30 starts yet in his career, and he also has never entered a season where the offense has been built around them. That includes this season. So given the potential of his of Jacoby Brissett to grow and get better, once Frank Reich's able to design an offense that is tilted more to his ability and the, the amount of young talent that's on this team i think this team is exciting right now and is even better for years to come it is and i like that they're unfolding sort of a new chapter here because you're seeing you're right the respect given to jacoby Brissett. because a lot of people just said oh well dominant offensive line they'll lean on marlon mack in that rushing attack and they'll beat people the way that they beat the chiefs this colts team dispelled any myth about rushing totals that you needed 62 yards rushing in this game you could have a dominant offensive line and be able to do all of these other things this is truly modern football on display I'm not sure what this means. I'm not sure, but I just want to remind you that both Jacoby Brissett and Cam Newton were backups to Tim Tebow at Florida. <laughs> just saying. Are you back in on the Rams, or were they just playing the <laughs> Falcons? I mean, a lot of people in Atlanta will tell you it's the latter. But the Rams did win 37-10 to after a couple of... Eh, less than impressive victories. They did get Jalen Ramsey in the mix, and he looked really good. But it's hard to judge this team, Dominique, when they win by 27 points against a Falcons team that seems to do this against everybody. Yeah, I love Jalen Ramsey and also enjoyed Aaron Donald lifting people off their feet, other grown oh, men, football players off their feet. They are a much better defense with Ramsey there. But I think this is just a bit of fool's goal, and this fool's goal is going to get a, a lot shinier in the coming weeks because <laughs> next they have the Bengals, and then they have a bye week, and then after that they have two games against the Cardinals at some point later in the season and they also have the Steelers. I think they're going to win a lot of games and have people believe that they're 15 actually, wins, Dominique. <laughs> they're they're going to have people believing that they're actually a good team when I don't think they are anymore. Yeah, this is sort of a difficult one because you're right. I like to believe all those things and that Aaron Donald's brute force somehow being the second most disrespectful thing I saw on the weekend will still matter in some regard. But I think our friend Mina Kimes put this best on Twitter. The Falcons right now are a dressing room with great lighting and mirrors that everyone walks out of feeling good. And ultimately, we know Dan Quinn is not long for that world. And I think this kind of success probably still isn't long for the Rams world. So all the mirrors don't look like that to you guys? Must be nice. Must yeah, come be on, nice. man. <laughs> Coming up next on my show's TV show. Did you hear what Eli Manning said after the game? No, what he said. <laughs> 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 Is it time to end the Mitch Trominsky experiment in Chicago? Oh, he normally calls him the Russian, but he gave him his proper name today. But look, Mitch Trubisky was back. Is that a good thing? We have yet to decide here because they lost to the Saints badly, 36-25. to And Mitch Trubisky still had those same questions. Can he be an accurate passer? Should you be able to run with him a little bit more than you do? I don't think we got any answers. Now it's hard to say, hey, let's judge Mitch Trubisky his first game back after his shoulder injury. But really, Dominique, it was a lot more of the same, was it not? 
Yeah, it wasn't impressive. And championship windows close fast. So I think they should move on. They should try to make a move before the trade deadline. Maybe somebody like Foles would be available when he comes back from his injury. They could look to get Cam Newton if the Panthers are dumb enough to commit to Kyle Allen and move <laughs> on from him. Maybe they could go get a guy named Colin Kaepernick who doesn't have a job. Or down there in Miami, Fitzpatrick, he's a guy who might make your team a little better. I could argue that Fitzpatrick is, is a better quarterback or at least a more effective game manager than Mitch Trubisky. He can make a throw or two here or there. I don't know, but the situation they have right now is a championship roster with a quarterback that is going to make them miss that championship window, which we see play play out over and over in this league, and it's unfortunate. And as a defensive guy, kind of hate to see it. Yeah, you hate to see it for any defense that talented. You're rarely gifted things this precious, and it would be a shame to not see it get its just due. As well as the trade deadlines come along in the NFL really starting to mimic his NBA counterpart, I don't think we're quite at blockbuster quarterback deals around the trade deadline. But what I think we're getting close to is being able to say, all right, sunk cost going into the offseason. Let's move on and find a more suitable answer. Because what the lack of confidence in Mitch has manifested itself in is a lack of aggressive play calling by Matt Nagy at this point, which is something that wasn't an issue last year. But clearly, this relationship, I think, is at a point where there's not a lot of trust there in his ability. And if you don't have that, you don't have much. Yeah, it would take it'd be pretty extreme to make an in-season quarterback change with a quarterback from another team, but it goes to show you a couple things. One, how good this defense is and how that window can close really quickly, like Dominique said, but also just frankly how disappointing this offense have been. Has not been anywhere near the level of the defense, and then giving up 30-some points to the Saints yesterday, maybe that defense is starting to get a little tired of it. Yeah, I think you're right that we're not at blockbuster quarterback trade yet, but we should try. They should call around, and if that doesn't work, they need to scrape together their penny and get ready to look for a guy like Teddy Bridgewater who might be available after the season seeing as he only has one year left on his deal with the Saints. Well, I know a guy who is available and I know Chicago in and out. Who? Oh, oh yes, that's say it. Jay Cutler I mean, for $10 does, million. Yes. Dollars. Yes, I mean, he's better. Chicago knows him too, so he's no better. deal. He is so, better. <laughs> no deal. <sighs> so good. Should Sean Payton keep rolling with Teddy Bridgewater? Well, the Saints seem to be rolling. He won, beating the Chicago Bears at home. And Drew Brees is supposed to be back from his thumb injury next week. It seems like a crazy question to say, do you leave Teddy Bridgewater in there? But I'll present it to you, Dominique. Should they leave Teddy Bridgewater in there? Absolutely not. I mean, that is the faulty logic that football players and I mean, it's not logic. It's illogic that football <laughs> players sometimes ascribe to is like this hot hand. We can't go away from it. No. Drew Brees is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and he takes that offense and that team up another level. But where I do think it gets interesting is at the end of the season, because I think Teddy Bridgewater is not a better quarterback than Drew Brees is right now, but he will be in five years or three years, maybe even two years. And maybe they want to make a decision at the end of the season that is good for this team in the long run that is not necessarily good for this team immediately. Yeah, I think this is eerily similar to what we saw play out in New England with Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady before Jimmy Garoppolo was shipped out of town. Now, I don't know if it's the same dynamic there with ownership, but I think it's the same sort of equation when it comes down to you have, like we talked about with Chicago, a great defense right now with New Orleans, and you want to continue to ride with the veteran on offense and all the weapons you've amassed around him to still give you the best chance. Are we still sure that Danny Dimes is good? <laughs> I mean, uh, you ask the New York people, maybe there's a big question mark here. We got a good chance to watch a really good young quarterback duel here with Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals against 
Danny Dimes of the New York Giants, and Arizona won 27-21, and Danny didn't really have his greatest moments. He had a couple of dimes, his sort of trademark uh, throw there, but he had three fumbles, had another interception, and we're starting to wonder if, hey, maybe those pretty passes are just that. He seems like a guy who was definitely somebody you have to be confused about in the draft process. Man, he does a lot of things that good quarterbacks can do, but you're seeing now he still looks young, he still makes the mistakes, he's still kind of loose with the football, and you still need to teach a lot to this guy yeah we're guilty a little bit of getting sucked into that first impression i think many of us are where our first impression was those preseason games he was awesome then our first impression in the regular season was that tampa bay comeback where he was awesome but the fact of the matter is while he looks like a prototypical pocket passer quarterback that's not who his play has kind of described to us if you watch him he's not a guy that reads coverages all that well he struggles against zone he struggles when you mix up the look with the safeties where he excels is against man coverage where it's obvious from the jump and when he can use his athleticism I know when you look at Danny Dimes, you don't see a guy that's leaning mostly on his athleticism and a guy who may not be as football smart as you think he is, but that's who he is. Hopefully he can grow into more, but between him and Kyler Murray, the answer is easy. Kyler Murray is much better than he is. Yeah, I'd agree. I thought Kyler was the better quarterback coming out of college, and I've seen nothing to really change my mind. The problem with Daniel Jones is all of the swings have been wild. When he was drafted, the swings were wild because of where he was taken, and when he goes out there and performs well early on, the swings are going to be just as wild because it's New York, and that's what happens. This is what goes on. But to your point about his development, it's interesting because he is not Mitchell Trubisky or Kyler Murray, who was a one-year starter in college. He's a guy who had multiple years under his belt with Cutcliffe, who we laud as this quarterback molder at that level. And so you begs the question of, what is the ceiling like for a guy that we assume had a lot of that development already? Did you hear what Eli Manning said after the game? No, what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Just Got Eli, him. right? Complete jerk. Highly questionable is broadcast from the Clevelander Hotel on beautiful South Beach, Miami. Time to play the game that is the most jack and athletic person on this show today. Do you question? I mean, he does take off his shirt more than I do on this show. You give us topics and events, we question them. Do you question if this is bullying? As if it wasn't bad enough for the Bears in New Orleans this weekend. They had Tariq Cohen, who is five foot six. He's very good, but he's five foot six. And here is the New Orleans Saints defenders kind of reminding him of that. And I believe this is the moment that uh, Gojo was so happy to talk about in this in this show. But here's Cohen. Gets dragged down. And this, if you were in elementary school and your classmates did this to you, you would be in the principal's office <laughs> as bullies. Just go ahead and point out how short he is. We get it. He's short. He's also really fast. He can run between your legs. I'm not happy about any of this. That's the meanest thing I've ever seen on a football field. I don't understand it. I hated to see it for him. That man was a pro bowler, for God's sakes. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty terrible. He is a great player, and he did kind of win that first interaction, so I think he kind of gave the guy his shoulder, but the insulting part, I think, or the upsetting part was that he was kind of celebrating while they were getting blown out, so the Saints had every right to kind of mock him. Normally, you point at the scoreboard in that situation, but no, they went much deeper and much darker. Wow, that was unbelievable. Mitch Trubinsky completed the pass. <laughs> wow. Time to play the game that has no idea where Dan has been for the last two weeks. See? Oh, no. And he just told me he doesn't care. You tell us what to watch on TV tonight, we'll tell you if we're intrigued. Tonight on ESPN, Monday Night Football, Patriots and Jets. 
I mean, well, of course, it's Tom Brady, and some people are questioning Tom Brady's play so far this year, so of course he's going to stick it to the Jets in New York. But good news for the Jets, Sam Darnold is still alive. He's still alive, and he's throwing dimes like this to Robbie Anderson last week. I just want to live. <laughs> I mean, he was pretty open, didn't really need to put that on the dime. It was a nice throw. Twain's overrated. Uh, let's look at this one again, then. Oh, he just lost that corner. Absolutely lost him. Probably could have thrown a little bit more to the outside, right? You're a heck of a coach. I bet you could do that. <laughs> hey, if I had the eye in the sky, I could pretty much tell everybody what they're doing wrong. How about you, Dominique? Are you intrigued? I'm absolutely intrigued. And to your point about Tom Brady, I don't think that the buzz is all that loud about his decline. But, I mean, it's happening. It's true. He's not playing as well as he normally does. And the same thing happened last year. Throughout the regular season, he didn't play as well as we are accustomed to see him play. But he stepped up and made the plays that he needed to make in the important moments. So if he starts to, to wane a little bit in this game, I don't think it pretends the end of their season. But I think that his career is coming to end it has to at some point right we yeah, all want beginning to, right? it started back in 2000 what 12 go ahead gojo are you intrigued the rest of the afc east is saying see please god see and i'm excited <laughs> we're going to see the full jets team for what feels like the first time since week one cj mosley is supposed to be back in the lineup as well and an honor to the start of the nba season congrats on successful load management for your starting quarterback there gave him a few games off for mono heady play Alive and kicking. How about you, Poppy? Are you intrigued? Oh, see, see, I'm very intrigued. I tell you one thing. The Jets are going to give the Patriots a tough game. Ooh. Sam Donald is going to have a good game. And the Jets are going to do whatever they do every time. They're going to lose. It's about as mild a compliment as you could give a team. You'll have a good game and they're going to do what they do, oh, baby. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for watching. Can we do this all the time? This Brady Bunch thing is so much better than with Dan. So we're not going to mention the World Series at all, eh? <laughs> not even once. It starts tomorrow, if anybody's curious. What's that? <laughs>